0: Hello again, I welcome you back to Pastor Vic's Nuggets of Truth. Uh, Recently, a friend of mine asked this question about God. And they said, when I pray, who do I pray to? God the Father, Jesus the Son, or the Holy Spirit? Now this is a really a a good question, and maybe something that you've wondered about as well. Well, let me try to explain this question, first from how I approach the triune nature of our God, But also from a scriptural perspective our God is a gift-giving God and I understand that the concept of the Trinity or three persons in one God is a concept that is beyond my mental capacity to understand therefore I accept this truth by faith honestly how can I fully understand the creator of the universe who can speak a word and it's done. Just read the first two chapters of the book of Genesis and you'll see what I'm talking about. It helps me to look at the Trinity in the following way. I am a son to my parents, I am a husband to my wife, and I am a father to my children, yet I'm still one person. In each of these relationships, I interact differently with my parents, my wife, and my children, but I'm still one person. In the same way, we believe in one God. However, our God can express himself in three persons. He is the Father who loves us, Jesus who saves us, and the Holy Spirit who enables us. Each of the three persons of God interact with humanity in three different ways. Well, listen, this may be an imperfect example of the Trinity, but it helps me to understand the Trinity of God, and I hope it helps you. Scriptures tells us that there are mysteries that we must accept by faith. After all, look at I always, I always remind myself of Isaiah 55, beginning in verse 8. And God says, "For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways," says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now, because God is love. I know that I can trust Him with my life and eternity. Listen to 1 John 4.16. And we have known and believed the love of God that He has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in Him. You see, love is the unifying attribute that ties all three, the Father, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit into one. I also want to point out, that the word love that is used three times in the above verse is the Greek word agape. Remember that all modern Bibles uh, were translated from the original New Testament manuscripts which were in Greek. Now the Greek language has several words that we translate as love and it's important to distinguish the word agape love from all the others. There are at least four Greek words translated as love and they are the first one is called storgy. Storgy love is, is a compassion and understanding associated with, with family love. The family love for one another. The love of a mother or father for a child. Or the love between brothers and sisters. The second kind of love is called philia. And philia is brotherhood, friendship. You know, I like to use the word camaraderie, type that type of love you know, uh, the, 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 the love that, that deep friends have for one another. The third kind of love is the word Eros. And Eros is the romantic or sexual love between a husband and a wife. Frankly, this term is not used in the New Testament. And finally, the fourth word is Agape. And Agape is, means that it's unconditional or it's unearned or undeserved. It's that type of love that God has. Now, if you look at the first three expressions of love, storgi, filio, and eros, they involve emotions or feelings, whereas agape involves a decision or a choice. You see, God has agape. God has decided to love you. His love is not based on how you make God feel, how good you are, or what you can do for Him. See, because he's decided, no one and nothing can change God's mind. When we look at the triune nature of God, let's, let's take a look at, the, at the, the Father's love first. God the Father is love. So let me repeat, when we say that God is love, we are saying that God is agape, which is unconditional. Which means he will never stop loving us. Recall what the Apostle Paul said in Romans 8, 37. I encourage you to to focus on on these couple of verses. And he says, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Why are we more than conquerors? Because he goes on to say, For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing, shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord." You see, there is absolutely nothing that can separate God's love for you. Now, you can count on the unconditional love of God. Further evidence of this love is found in the well-known verse of John 3.16. For God so loved agape the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever would believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. So Jesus, therefore, is the expression of God's love for us. And you can have confidence in God's love for you because, again, it's an agape love. It doesn't matter what your past was. It doesn't matter what you're going through right now. God's forgiveness through Jesus Christ is total and absolute And you can stand on the truth that nothing can separate you from the love of God. You know, there's an incident in the the Bible where the Apostle Paul was being delivered uh, by ship to stand trial before Caesar in Rome. The ship encountered a raging storm that lasted for days. And the ship's crew gave up all hope. It was then that Paul received the visitation from from an angel of God. And the angel said, that they would be saved from the storm without loss of life. Now, I want to point out what Paul said in Acts 27, verse 23. That's where this story takes place. And Paul says, For there stood by me this night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve. Wow. In the midst of a raging storm, Paul knew who he belonged to and who he served. That confidence and assurance Paul expressed in the middle of a crisis was a result of the relationship that was built upon understanding and embracing the agape love of God, God the Father. But God the Son, Jesus, is also a God of love. Now, Jesus the Son is is also God, however, He is God in the flesh. Jesus is the expression of the invisible Father's love in that Jesus became the perfect sacrifice provided for our redemption. It's quite clear that the only way to the Father is through Him. John 14 verse 6 says, and Jesus is speaking, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The term no one means that there is no other way Except believing that through the sacrifice of Jesus, we are forgiven and reconciled back to the Father. Listen to what the Apostle, wrote, Apostle John wrote in, in John 1, uh, beginning in verse 1. Now, remember, in, in this verse, the, the Word is Jesus. So it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God, and He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Then I want to jump to verse 14. And the Word became flesh, Jesus, and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. You see, Jesus always existed because he's part of the Trinity, three persons in one. Therefore Jesus' love, the love of the Father, expressed in human form. As the Father is a giver of gifts because he gave us Jesus, Jesus also gives gifts. By believing and confessing to Jesus, we have the greatest gift of all, the forgiveness of sin and reconciliation with the Father. We are saved, we are redeemed, we are sanctified and promised eternal life with Jesus in heaven. Now Jesus also knew that we could never live a Christ-like life without help. So Jesus also gave us the Holy Spirit with authority and power to enable us to overcome sin, to overcome temptation and all the plans of the enemy, and that enemy of course is Satan. Jesus says in John 16, beginning in verse 12, He said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, that's the Holy Spirit, has come, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak on His own. But whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will tell you things to come. He will glorify Me, for He will take of Mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Can you see that? The Father declares to the Son, the Son declares to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit declares it to you. The three working as one. Now God the Holy Spirit is also love. The Holy Spirit is the helper or enabler that promised that the that, that Jesus promised that the Father would send to us. In John 14, beginning in verse 26, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I sent to you. The Holy Spirit will bring us the rhema word to us, which will enable us to make the right decisions, decisions leading to righteousness, that will bring us closer to the Lord in our relationship with him. The Holy Spirit will strengthen us with truth, authority and power I believe it's impossible to fully serve the Lord without the help of the Holy Spirit anyone who relies on their own personal strength and wisdom alone to serve the Lord is going to be a very weak Christian John 4 beginning in John 4 verse 24 uh, Jesus says uh, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth So the question is, how do we worship in spirit and truth? First realize that the word worship used here is not about a worship service or about music, but a transformed life, a life that has become like Christ. Romans 12 verses 1 and 2 says, I appeal to you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, Holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship a life. That's changed Verse 2 says do not be conformed to this world But be transformed change from the inside out by the renewal of your mind That by testing you may discern what also is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect Now you may ask what does a transformed life look like? A transformed life is a life that looks like Jesus and is enabled by the fruit of the Holy Spirit now what do I mean by the fruit of the Holy Spirit the fruit of the Holy Spirit has to do with our character by fruit I mean that because our nature has been changed now that we are born again we are guided by the Holy Spirit now of course we must learn how to be led or be obedient to the Spirit of God But that's a whole nother topic. It is now the character of God living through us as we now live our lives to glorify the Lord. Let's take a look at Galatians 5 beginning in verse 22, which is the fruit of the Spirit verses. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These nine characteristics or traits of the Holy Spirit are available in us because the Holy Spirit lives in us. But notice that the first fruit is love and that the other characteristics follow that love. The love in this verse is again that word agape. We talked about that earlier. It's unconditional love. Unconditional love enables us to experience joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And these are the attributes that we have in us that we need to express to the world. All of humanity seeks these nine qualities of life. However, it must begin with the agape love of God in our hearts. The Apostle Paul makes a statement under the influence of the Holy Spirit as he explains how faith helps us endure difficult times. He says in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, Now hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. In other words, we experience the love of God through the Holy Spirit, and we love others with the love of God in us by virtue of the Holy Spirit living in us. Now in conclusion, I haven't forgotten the original question in this message when i pray who do i pray to god the father jesus or the holy spirit it really doesn't make any difference because we serve only one god if i pray in the name of the father that's how we're instructed jesus gave us the lord's prayer and in matthew 6 9 he told us that when we pray we should pray to our father in heaven but what about praying to jesus well, as Stephen the martyr was being stoned, he cried out in Acts 7, beginning in verse 59. And it says, And they stoned Stephen. And as he called out on God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Do you see that connection? As he called out to God, he said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then when the Apostle Paul, remember, when he pleaded with the Lord, that's Jesus, about the thorn in his flesh, this is what he said in 2 Corinthians, beginning in verse 12. Or chapter 12 verse 8 concerning this thing I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me listen the context of the word Lord in this verse is the context of Jesus now what about praying in the Holy Spirit well the Holy Spirit is the enabler or helper when we don't know how to pray that's when we pray in the Holy Spirit listen to Romans 8 26 Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness, For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Let me wrap this up. Because God is one, there are times I pray to the Father. Then there are times I pray or I have a conversation with Jesus because I know that He's making intercession for me. And then there are times I pray in the Spirit, Especially when I'm overwhelmed and I don't know how to pray with my understanding. So you see, whoever I pray to, I'm confident that God the Father hears me. And you can be confident too. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. I hope this message helps you. And uh, just God bless you and God bless your families. and And if you're in the ministry, in your ministry. Lord, I just ask you to just just put a protection upon every listener and everyone watching. Lord, just, 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 just release your anointing, the power of your Holy Spirit, in a fresh new way. In Jesus' name. We'll see you the next time. Unless otherwise noted, all scripture quotations are from the New King James Version of the Bible. Copyright 1982 by Thomas Nelson. Used by permission, all rights reserved.